fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What up? Yeah, it's a Monday. Welcome into the program. Greatest day of the entire week. Setting the tone for the rest of the work week with you here, right here on the program. Trying to carpe diem all over this place is what we're all about on The Voice of Reason. Welcome into it, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. We love you to death. Always appreciate you. Have you along for the ride. The Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. What a show we have lined up today. We'll get to it in just a second. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. If you are watching the live streams, I have to apologize for my beady redness. I tell you, man, I glow in the dark, and when I get sun, I I get a little red. Now, I got a good tan early on in the springtime, and then I lost it because I haven't been outside for a while. So this weekend, man, we were outside a lot. little voice of reason, although she turned 9 years old on June 1st a couple of weeks ago, her official birthday party with her kiddo friends were this weekend at the pool. That's what she wanted. She wanted a pool party. She loves swimming. She wanted to be at the pool. And we did it for about five hours out in the pool. And daddy got some sun. So I am trying to recover. And if I can salvage it and not let it peel, then I'll be happy. And then it'll turn into a nice base tan. And then I'll be extremely happy going into the summer. If it does, then I'll be angry. And then I'll get more pale. And I'll have to glow in the dark even more. And then I got to start all over. And... It's just kind of shot for the rest of the summer, and then I get tired and just stay in the cool, dark, nice, uh, non-sunlighted uh, rooms inside the house. So uh, we'll see what, how that goes. But hopefully everybody had a great weekend. Little Voice Reason did have a great time. Thank you for asking. She had fun with her friends at the pool, and then she had a sleepover with four nine-year-old little girls running around the house screaming on Saturday night. Man. And <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, it's great because we'll never get those times back. So it was fun to watch them play. Uh, they outlasted mom and dad because we went to bed, I don't know, around 11, and apparently they stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning, which I don't really care, and I hope they had a great time. And they were up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, or at least pretending to be at least by 7 a.m., playing again until they left. So it was a great weekend, and Isla, she yesterday, last night, when Jit was all done, she fell asleep at about 6.30 on a chair very awkwardly and slept until, I don't know, about 9 o'clock this morning. So she was tuckered out. And now I figured out I figured out how to finally wear her out enough to where she's not bouncing off the walls when we put her to bed at night. Just got to wear her out that way, man. Welcome into the show. We got a lot to get to today. We have Joseph Gradante. He is a financial expert. He's the founder of the Alio Finance. We'll have him at the bottom of the hour. Now that the debt ceiling bill has passed in the nation, what does the future of the finances and the economy look like moving forward? Government spending, government printing money, the inflation, the interest rates. What does it look like and what's the outlook now that we are in a position where we've spent more money with Kevin McCarthy still out there praising the bill, saying that conservatives have finally won one. I, I'm pretty sure that's that's not quite the case. Pretty sure that's not true. In fact, that would be what we call... You are fake news. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. Also, we have 
uh, kind of some big information that we'll release later on in the program. And I think we're going to make it big league. Yeah, so we'll do that coming up in just a little bit. But, man, what a weekend outside of the crazy birthday parties and swimming pool stuff and trying to enjoy the nice, beautiful weather for the summertime. A lot of news happened over the weekend. Let's get to it, shall we? What's trending today? And one of the most radical progressives out there has officially transitioned to power to another extremely radical progressive person. The crazy part is, is that they're really trying to make this look like a philanthropy thing. They're really trying to make him look like he's middle of the road, that he's a nice, likable guy. He's We're going from a 90-year-old radical that lived in a completely different time era, obviously, to now a 30, what, 37, 36-year-old that's supposed to be new at the time, supposed to be hip and retro. This is extremely dangerous for the conservative movement as Alex Soros has officially taken over the business from his dad, George Soros, which can you imagine? That means he would have had to have uh, had the kid at like in his 60s. I mean, not judging or anything, but that's a little crazy, isn't it? A little wild. I mean, the dad's in his 90s now, and the, and the son officially taking over at 37 years old of Alex Soros, who says he is more political than his father. Now, I will say this and preface this by saying, as the eternal optimist that I am, that I am still proud of the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and that even with our flaws in this country, we still are the greatest holdout of individual liberties and sovereignty and freedom any compared to anywhere else on the face of the earth. Now they're slipping away, but at the same time, more people are waking up to that as well. The pendulum always swings on both sides of the aisle. It will never stick. And when it does stick, that's when you start seeing very violent outbursts and revolution and bad things happen because it can never stay that way for long, uh, which is why even just in political elections and presidential elections, we see the pendulum swing back and forth. Over and over. So we are the greatest holdout of freedoms. And thankfully, because of the Constitution, thankfully, because of the founding fathers putting limitations or intentional limitations. I say that because right now we don't follow a whole lot of them, but some type of limitations on our government based on what the Constitution says. Now, they try to maneuver that. They try to outplay that. They try to completely is what Barack Obama said, fundamentally change it in some way, shape or form. But at the end of the day, we still have it. It's slipping away, and it's going to the wayside. But as that's happening, look at more people, even from the Democrat progressive side, saying, hold on, wait a second, I don't know that I necessarily like this direction. Even though we like the direction it's going to a degree, we don't like the fact that we're going after other people and demonizing them as we talk about let's not demonize and hold hands and sing kumbaya and all this other progressive crap. So with that being said, we now have a new threat. And I use this in the... Two form. We're being attacked at both angles here, which is why our activism, and this sets up for an announcement later on, our activism is more important than ever before. Our understanding of issues is more important than ever before. Our understanding of the information. Remember, we're in an information wave to where we get bombarded with news headlines and news blasts and podcast shows and uh, people talking on the Tweety and people talking everywhere else. We get bombarded with information Every second of our day, it's how do you put it into context and bring some knowledge, understanding of the issue, and wisdom to it to be able to interpret it and be able to compartmentalize it, if I can speak, and understand to whether whether it's actually truthful or not. It goes into, if anybody listens to Armed American Radio with Mark Walters, uh, I was just on his program 
a little bit ago, and uh, he has officially announced, which means I can finally talk about it a little bit as well, because I knew about this uh, last week going into it. But if you haven't looked it up, I highly recommend that you do, is he is the very first individual in this nation to sue AI and ChatGPT. Why? Because there was a false report from ChatGPT that created a lawsuit out of nowhere claiming that he was being sued by uh, in the sum of $5 million from the Second Amendment Foundation, who he works very, very closely with, on wire fraud and uh, felony or some type of bank fraud or some type of embezzlement or whatever case. And there's supposedly some active suit where the SAF, the Second Amendment Foundation, has sued Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio, the largest gun talk show in the entire nation. Now, there is no lawsuit whatsoever in this mindset. None at all. And when the media found out about it and they reached out to Mark Walters and SAF, they found that ChatGPT, artificial intelligence, completely fabricated the entire thing, made up just like a fiction story about this. But this is the danger that we're into now because if that's a capability... The reason we have to bring knowledge and wisdom and understanding and look a little bit deeper and understand the issues of the day is because if you didn't know any better, you would take that at face value and be like, wow, gun talk show host is embezzling from the Second Amendment Foundation. Bunch of corrupt jerks, especially after what happened with the NRA just a few years ago, where they're still trying to rebuild after that scenario. When it's not true. But you have to understand that the wisdom that you bring to the table before the information is presented. Here's where I'm going with this. Is that we're being attacked on two fronts right now. Alex Soros, which, as you know, George Soros being one of the most politically active individuals in the world, trying to promote liberal policies by funding candidates, by funding uh, candidates, especially in the legal system with judges and attorney generals and uh, district attorneys for your counties all over the nation, trying to change the system, allowing criminals to be back out on the streets, intentionally wanting to cause chaos in the system. So that way we continue to do what we've done since however long, looking to the government to say government do something about the problem when they've created the problem by not enforcing laws, by not actually following the law, and by allowing criminals to run rampant and then casting them out to be as the actual victims in the scenario. Alex Soros, who is now a radical socialist millennial who is 37 years old, has free reign to waltz into the White House whenever he wants. In fact, he's already done so, having off-the-book meetings with Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. And with a sum of anywhere between 15 to $25 billion in net value, they have an unlimited supply of cash to fund their political agenda to do what they want. On the same front, we have, across the pond, King Charles III, who's the current king of the United Kingdom. And the reason I bring him up now is because he also has said that he wants to be more politically active than his predecessor, who was Queen Elizabeth. And his politicals, uh, politics, uh, political stance has also been leaning towards the left pretty dramatically, when in fact, when he has taken the crown, openly said that he wants to demolish the private sector and centralize everything through the government. And specifically, go after the private sector of the United States as we are their biggest trading uh, nation with goods. And he wants to go after the corporations that do business in the United States and the United Kingdom. So we have Alex Soros, who's funding massive nonprofit political organizations for the left-wing side and donating to campaigns on a massive level. 
And we have King Charles wanting to dismantle the private sector, both of them, in essence, wanting to, quote-unquote, fundamentally change the United States of America. Remember those words from Barack Obama. We're being attacked on two separate fronts here, and the good news, which is why I smile and giggle all the way through this, is because they can try. But just as we've seen with Bud Light, just as we've seen with Target, just as we've seen with other woke corporations, just as we've seen with any other stance from politicians or businesses or corporations wanting to move further to the left, the American people are not ready for it yet. And while we may be slowly walking down that road in increments, they've lost sight of what has gotten them to this point. And what's gotten them to this point is what Franklin D. Roosevelt has said all the way back when, is you have to do it incrementally to where the American people don't recognize our trip down the nice little uh, yellow brick road to socialism. But in fact, you have to do it little by little. You cannot take those big leaps. And progressives, as they're aging and getting older and wanting to see this done in a more rash level, they're getting impatient. In fact, Bernie Sanders, when he announced for his presidency the last time, said that he was there to finally fulfill that FDR legacy of bringing pure socialism to the nation. I'm sorry, democratic socialism to the nation. They're ready for it. And they're getting impatient, and they've taken a couple hits, and when they take a couple of hits, they're the temper tantrum-throwing children who don't want to lose in any way, shape, or form. So they're ramping it up, they're putting the heat on us, they're increasing the temperature to the boiling level, wanting to fulfill their agenda, and you can see how well it's working out. We're becoming more aware of it, we're starting to fight back on it, we're not purchasing the products with the businesses that are supporting it, and it's going back in their face. So now they have the decision to make And it seems like we know what that decision is now by throwing more of it in our face moving forward. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Darn right it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we always love you to death. Here's why I'm optimistic. Is while they continue to just berate us with this LGBTQ garbage, the Pride Month, and just shove it down our throats, when you push people to the corner, even the ones who really sit back and they're like, I don't really care, I don't want to be part of these issues, When you finally start pushing them enough and poking the bear enough, that's when they finally wake up and say, enough, I'm done, I'm not going to take this crap anymore. Remember what the Japanese said after they bombed Pearl Harbor? We're afraid that we have awoken the sleeping giant, the sleeping beast. That's what we are. We are the, uh, the, the silent majority. And when we become vocal, then they know about it. They think guns are the problem. Guess what? There's two to 300 million firearms across the nation. You'd know if we're the problem. But we're not, and we're not going to be. Because we're not the violent, crazy, radical ones out there trying to promote a certain agenda and force it down other people's throats. And we have to remain that as such as well. That being said, they're amping it up instead of backing off and realizing that they need to do this in progression. They need to do it little by little. Look, Alex Soros is a millennial. And therefore, he's even though he grew up in a multi-billion dollar family and really the ones that he's probably been in some really wild meetings growing up as a kid saying, gee, how can we manipulate society today and what can we do here and there to alter the course of society and humanity? 
uh, he's got this elitist ultimate mindset where he really thinks that he can control and dominate the entire world. And I'm surprised that they even ran a story, especially the Wall Street Journal, trying to make him look like this philanthropy guy or he just wants to be a little more politically active or he just has uh, a lot of the similar political views as his father. Of course, of course he does. His father would kill him himself if he was actually a conservative. That's not going to happen. Although he tries to play middle of the road, just center left. And yeah, they're trying to make him look like this wonderful guy when we know that's just not the case. So what are they doing? They're changing the narrative and changing the conversation to distract you with some really interesting information, which we have to, I haven't done it the entire week. Can I please do this now? Weird news of the day. Thank you. <laughs> Here's what I'll say is why we're waking up is because we already know the information that's being released to us uh, when it comes to things like, well, the AT and UFO stuff, for example. If you haven't read the story out of Las Vegas, mind-blowing, crazy, so multiple webcams, body cams, door cams, dash cams, whatever, saw this thing come out of the sky, land in Las Vegas. Shortly after, police get a call from a guy who says that they saw the thing land in their backyard and there are two eight-foot-tall beings hiding behind a fence in their backyard that are not human, that have massively big black eyes, and that police need to come out there. Oh, yeah. Real story. Look it up on on uh, on the Google. It's a, an amazing story. This is at the same time where the Pentagon has said that they have, quote unquote, whistleblowers out there talking about the ETs and UFOs that we have in our possession and that we communicate with on a regular basis. Now, this being said, we have our questions. We want to know what's out there as much as you want to know what's out there. We get the questions not just from you. We get it from family members. And we get them night and day, uh, not just in committee hearings. We want to know as much as you do. Here's the thing. It's a complete lie, and here's why. We know this information already. We know that they're real. We know that this stuff is true. We know that this is already out there. This is not a question of whether it exists or not, at least in my humble opinion. Others may have a different opinion. The reason that we're knowing this is a sham but finally starting to come out is for two reasons. Number one, they try to hold on to these really big breaking things to cover up other things going on, like, oh, I don't know, the Joe Biden investigation where more information is showing how corrupt this dude actually is. And they are leaking this now at that appropriate time. Number two, they don't want humanity to freak out with public panic. So therefore, they release this stuff little by little to slowly ease us into this. The information they've given us, we already know is accurate. They're just waiting for the times to confirm it, to condition people to accept it, and to distract from what's really going on. I'm surprised that they're just read. I get get ready. Alex Soros is going to drop out of the news pretty soon as well as he becomes more politically active with more information about this as well. So I guess get ready. More UFO information to come soon as well. Joseph Gridante right around the corner on The Voice of Reason. This The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, it is trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations. By the way, some news in the next segment right around the corner. And I think we're going to make it big late. <laughs> we'll do that coming up here soon. Not all millennials have to be like the Alex Soros types. Just throwing that out there. And we're going to rebrand them, and we're going to lead that charge right here on this program. Lots more coming up with that. Stay tuned for it. Welcome into the program. 
Let's get into what's trending. I'm so glad I was finally able to get that off my chest regarding the UFO story. Thank you. Thank you. I finally got that off, and we tied it into what's going on as well. The distraction, while it's true, they're trying to kill two birds with one stone, conditioning you to accept it and trying to distract you from the major issues, which is why, again, I'm so optimistic right now is because while they try to distract from the big issues, we're consuming it and taking it in like, cool, we already know this all, all this information. Give us something we really could use regarding UFOs and ETs. But at the same time, don't be distracting from what's really going on with the Biden investigation, the Alex Joros political move that's going on, the King Charles move that's going on. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, war against us on the ideological front that we need to be aware of, and we ain't going anywhere. And when they try it, you can see how well it's responding with the billions that Target's lost, with the millions that uh, Bud Light's lost, and keep it on. Keep shooting yourself in the foot and see how long that uh, continues to work out well for you. Let's get into what's trending here. What's trending today? All right, let's shift gears a bit. As you know, we love talking about economic issues on this program, which fits right into kind of what we were talking about before. But now that the debt ceiling bill has passed and Kevin McCarthy still parades it around, still, I saw a headline today, uh, let's see if I can find it again. Kevin McCarthy was just uh, uh, just praising himself for how well the bill was done, how we should be grateful that Republicans finally have a voice, how great of a hard-fought battle that they had, how we came out victorious on the end of this one, bringing and conceding Democrats to our side, which we got a couple of things. That's, I mean, great news. We got a couple of things out of the bill, but we still increased spending. And I thought the entire point was, will minimally raise the debt ceiling just to cover this year's stuff while we cut to make sure this doesn't have to happen again. And obviously that's not what happened in any way, shape, or form when they say, oh, we cut $2 billion, $2 trillion out of the budget. Cool. And 10 years while we raised it by $4 trillion with the debt ceiling for the next two years. So I'm not sure. I'm not very smart in math, but as far as I'm aware, $2 trillion a year of an increase compared to $2 trillion of a cut over 10 years, there's more money in a debt than there is actually being cut. I could be wrong on that one. To talk about some of that more, maybe he's a little bit smarter than I am on that front, which I know he is. He is the uh, founder of Alio Finance. You can find him online as a financial expert, Mr. Joseph Gradante. Joseph, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Good. Excited to have you. Yeah, excited to have you on the program here. Uh, Are we right here? Did we just spend more money with this debt ceiling bill? Because some Republicans are saying that we cut the budget, and I'm not quite sure that that's true. Look, on the debt ceiling bill, uh, we got a couple of things. You're right. But at the end of the day, they have the bully pulpit. They have the Senate. Uh, we could have got more. If we were ever, if there was ever a time to let the government default and use all our leverage, this was it. Uh, I mean, keeping that student loan package in the bill, I mean, how could they possibly keep that in the bill? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Democrats still got the better of this deal uh, by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. And it is a concern. Now let's look at moving forward here. We have already a GDP that was being utilized at a 120% ratio of how much debt is in the federal government compared to how much we actually have in our private sector. Uh, so if we stole every penny from every man, woman, child, and business across the nation, we still would not have enough to pay our debts, and we just increased that. What does that mean for the economy moving forward? Obviously, inflation's already high. Interest rates continue to go up because that's apparently the only way we can battle inflation. What does this mean for the outlook moving forward? Well, what the real issue is, is the dollar, right? If we keep on taking debt like this, countries are already losing confidence in our leadership. Um, you, know, you saw Saudi Arabia make a deal with China. You saw 
Macron go over there and really capitulate to Xi Jinping. Um, they're moving away from the U.S. We have no leadership. We don't have good foreign policy. So tacking on more debt and more debt, spending recklessly, raising taxes in the inflationary economy, which is already a tax in itself on the middle class. I mean, these are the big do not in an inflationary economy um, that they're doing. And uh, I sometimes wonder if it's intentional because, um, you know, to get us off the dollar. I mean, they can't be doing this by mistake. And so, you know, when you present the question, you're saying it as if, uh, you know, they want the same outcome that we do. Uh, and I'm not sure that they're not aware of what they're doing. Mm. Um, that's uh, you know, that's my issue. Yeah. So what is, do you think, the outcome that they want? Because we want a financially stable nation. I say that while we talk about of social course. issues and we talk about what other politics, that we don't have the ability to talk about those unless our economy is stable enough for, for us to be able to focus on other issues. What is the outcome that they want? Global governance, right? And they do not want the dollar. They do not want the U.S. as a sovereign nation that can dictate policy globally. Uh, they want everything coming out of Davos, the WEF, uh, the banking cartels, uh, Bank of International Settlements, the IMF, uh, just like you saw in the pandemic, right? What were we constantly looking to the WHO and the CDC for guidance? Why were we looking to them for guidance? Uh, you know, um, so that's what they want. And, and breaking our sovereignty, the quickest way to do that is to destroy the dollar. And then they would get us to, you know, join an international basket of currencies or potentially they, in the past they've talked about um, a North American uh, union between Canada, Mexico and the U.S. I mean, if you look at what they're doing right with open borders, uh, packing on the debt, um, you know, uh, defunding, the, all of these are, are, is to break down the system. And essentially rebuild it. That's what they want to do. And so they are expediting the process by taking us off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, did it start, do you think, or did they at least ramp it up? I know they've been working on it for a long time, but did they ramp it up more during the pandemic? We heard about the quote-unquote great reset during COVID-19 uh, by shutting down a lot of the private sector, getting people dependent on social programs. And now well, when we're saying let's go back to actual work requirements and making sure that people can get jobs, they're losing their minds paying, saying that people are going to die in the streets here. Was that the kickoff of a lot of this big movement right now with this quote-unquote Great Reset? Yeah, the Great Reset, that's exactly it. They've been looking for a catalyst uh, for a long time, and I think what happened, I mean, my opinion on this is that when in 2016, uh, when we had the election, you know, if you look at the elections previously, uh, Romney versus Obama, Obama, uh, McCain versus Obama, Kerry versus Bush. If you look at all those candidates that were supposedly against each other in all those elections, every single one of them were united against the Trump presidency. And so what I think happened in 2016 is that they thought they were going to have control of the government indefinitely after Obama. You know, it was going to be handed off to Hillary Clinton and they were going to it was going to be a smooth transition into this global governance. They allowed Trump on the Republican ticket because they thought there was no chance that he could win. When America fought back and voted him into office, that totally uh, changed the game. I think the, the elite, the global players got together and said, we just, this is, we can't allow this to happen. You know, they were controlling elections because it was heads we win, tails you lose. No matter how you voted, you were going to get their guy in office no matter what at the end of the day. Well, they didn't get that 2016. And so 
that's why you had trade deals renegotiated. Uh, you know, some of their, some of the ways in which these people make a lot of money was potentially, you know, put in jeopardy with, with Trump wanting to uh, renegotiate with China. So I don't think they want to take a risk of that happening again. They want to make sure that whoever gets into the White House is somebody that they control. And so the pandemic, yes, this was a catalyst for them to get Trump out of office. Uh, I think they created the virus in a lab. And I, I think the global actors coordinated together. Uh, pharmaceutical companies made a lot of money. There were a lot of uh, ways that they took advantage of the pandemic. But I think at the end of the day, the main goal was to get Trump out of office and get control of the U.S. government again so they can continue with their plan uh, for the long term. It makes a lot of sense. And now we see banks failing across the nation. We see a push to try and centralize more regulation, quote unquote, in the banking industry, which I don't know how much more you could possibly regulate it. It's already regulated to the hilt right now. But they're trying to reimplement the whole let's monitor every transaction coming in or out of your account of five or six hundred dollars or more. Let's uh, make sure that you can't purchase firearms with your debit card or credit card or any online app like Venmo or PayPal or anything of that sort. Um, the centralization of the control of the financial industry is that a step towards the globalization, or is that just the next step in just our own federal government wanting to control the masses? Both, right? Both. Because I think our federal government wants to share in the global power of controlling the masses. All those who, well, for the most part, go into government are interested in sharing in that power, right? But they know the power where it's really centered, and, and that's in Davos. That's what the bankers, that's where the money comes from. Uh, I think it was... Uh, you know, Nathan Mayer Rothschild, who was quoted as saying, uh, allow me to control a nation's currency and I care not who writes its laws. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys are just uh, puppets. You know, they're just basically, uh, they, they want to be in office, obviously, because you get paid more when you can actually, uh, you know, effectuate and change policy. It's called regulatory capture. Uh, and then they use regulatory capture to give advantages to the big players, right? Because yeah. um, the big players can hire the lawyers, they can hire the compliance team. And so you eliminate competition that way. And, um, you know, in finance, um, there's something called accumulation and distribution, right, on, on the buy side. So it's very similar to that, uh, I think, what they're doing, right? So for, I think for the first, you know, 30, 40 years, it was about accumulation. But now it's about consolidating control, right? Controlling the masses. They had the technology to do it. Yep. Digital currencies. I mean, it's... Uh, if you don't think we're already living in 1984, uh, I can tell you that it's certainly coming within the next two or three years if we don't uh, been, win this election in 2024. Yeah, they've been building the foundation for it for a long time, and now we're seeing it actually be implemented. Joseph, we're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you forever. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. What do you say? Absolutely. Great I, being here. I love it. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Hey, always a pleasure. It's Joseph Gradante. You can find him online at aliofinance.com. We'll get him back on again real soon. Lots more coming up for The Voice of Reason on a Monday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. It flies right on by, man. One hour. One hour is not enough. It's ridiculous. By the way, thanks again to Joseph. My new favorite last name, Joseph Gradante. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> I don't. I hope that's how you pronounce. I didn't ask him. It might have been Gradant, but we'll go with Gradante. You can find him online at Alio Finance, A L L I O Finance.com. You can find him, financial expert. Uh, it's interesting how all the politics and the finances tie together nowadays, and people vote with their pocketbooks. Remember, the latest report from BreitbartNews.com shows right now that 87% of Americans say they're concerned about inflation. Now, this is three years into the ongoing battle with inflation, where the Biden administration's praising the fact that inflation's really low. Is that true? Not, not so much. 87% of Americans say they're concerned about inflation because it's too damn high, even after, what, five, six, ten different interest rate hikes. So now we have to deal with inflation and interest rates, which is why mortgage uh, applications are going down right now. Well, that's why people are spending less money and why we just hear on the news right now that more people are actually in credit card debt than ever before because they're trying to live their lifestyle without making lifestyle changes while things get more expensive and it's harder to do so. So instead of like lowering their lifestyle and then compensating to make sure they can afford it, they just get things on credit card and be like, I I don't want to change my cushy lifestyle. I'm telling you, it's going to have to change somewhat one of these days. It's going to have to change. We're going to have to revisit how we actually do all of that. That being said, as we kicked off the program talking about Alex Soros taking over for George Soros with the 15 to $25 billion business uh, corporation or multiple businesses that they own and the political activism going on on that side, it seems like the millennial generation continues to get a bad reputation for the far-left fringe activism that they have and we don't like that we want to be able to change that norm and show that the vast majority of the millennial generation is waking up in fact we'll read about it probably tomorrow there is a news story showing that more millennials are now becoming more conservative because of actually having to be you know adults or something <laughs> I know. wild trigger warning progressives you actually have to realize that hey your tax money is being taken from your paycheck you can't make a living because all the money's going away and you're not getting the benefits of those social programs that you once were representing that young generation who's doing that especially in the talk radio industry and the podcasting industry there's a few out there but i can't see i'm trying to build it up here and it's really exciting and i don't know how to properly so let's just do this shall we let's do the what's trending What's trending right. today? I've been holding on to this for a very long time, and I'm, I've been trying to find the right time, but it's officially here, and we can't hold back any longer, baby. If you are a newsletter uh, subscriber, then you saw the newsletter at the beginning of the month on June 1st. Also, if you listen to the Mark Walters Armed American Radio program that we recorded just the hour before this one, you also heard it before we made the announcement here, but uh, I am excited to announce that after years of working towards it, after working very, very hard, that we're doing another project with this show. The Voice of Reason is expanding again, like we continue to do, as we are now launching another two-hour radio program uh, that is going to be nationally syndicated. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. So, now this program throughout the week is still the voice of reason. It's not going anywhere. We're still doing it as we do every single day that's on the seven radio stations that it's already on. We're also going to be, for those in the Wichita area, since this is our flagship area, we're still doing our two-hour local program on Saturday mornings. Nothing's changing. We're just adding more content. So you've asked for it. You wanted more content. You wanted more reason. I always complain about not having enough time on this program. We're doing it. And it's in partnership with our great new partners with American for Prosperity. 
And there, you know, I've had them on the show many times before talking about financial issues, limited government, government transparency, government spending. Americans for Prosperity is an amazing organization, and they've partnered with us along with Salem Radio Network, who is distributing the radio program to start starting on Saturday, June 24th, our new two hour nationally syndicated radio show. Now, with that being said, we will also be making announcements soon on the affiliate radio stations around the country that will be picking up the program. Right now, we don't have confirmation. Tentatively, about 10 stations that will be starting off with it, and then it'll just blow up from there. But really excited, really honored, really humbled to have our new nationally syndicated radio program. And it's all because of you listening to the show, wanting to listen to my drivel every day, wanting to listen to me go on and rant about these things. Trying to focus on that wisdom to put things into perspective. Trying to rebrand that millennial generation and push back against the soon-to-be Alex Soros agenda. And we're going to do it on this program on a grander scale in more places and more hours to do so right here with The Voice Reason. That being said, more information to come. Until then, be your own Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.